What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to get into my top 24 wide receivers for week seven of the fantasy football season. Now, I talked about this in yesterday's video, but we have a disgusting week ahead of us. We have a lot of players that are injured, a lot of players on by. So instead of me going through and, you know, giving you my top five must starts, my top five must sits, pretty much you're starting everyone that's breathing at this point. So I'm going to just going to go through my top 24. We'll give some preview of some matchups. We'll just kind of go through the NFL slate for this week. We'll see how these videos do. If you guys like them, maybe we'll switch to these full time. If not, then we'll go back to the five starts and the five sits. Let me know down below in the comments which style you prefer for these kind of running back wide receiver centric videos. Now, with that being said, make sure you go down below, subscribe. I think only like 20% of the people that watch these videos are subscribed. So that's that's damn near personal. You're gonna sit here, give you, you're gonna give me your time of day and not go down there. Hit the subscribe button. It is free. Helps your boy out a ton. Hit the like button. Helps your boy out a ton. Now, with that being said, we're gonna hop straight into this. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm all right, so I think we're all set up here. You guys can see the tier list. We have the the wide receivers out of the way so you guys can't see them. But my wide receiver one for this week is going to be my wide receiver one every week, and that's Devontae Adams. Um, very easy pick there. He's just that guy. He's getting like 30% of the target share for the Packers. They're playing at home against Washington. I believe Washington might even be giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers at this point. He's a no-brainer. He's going to get the the volume. It's going to be, you know, he is that guy in the S tier. And I think the only other player that qualifies for S tier with Devontae Adams, I think that, I mean, man, at this point, I don't I don't think you can put Diggs here. Um, but Tyreek Hill at Tennessee, this is a this is a game where you want pieces of just either of the offenses, right? So Tennessee versus the Chiefs has the highest over-under on the entire slate. I want to say it's 57 and a half, which is really, really high. These are two teams that like to score. The Titans just had a big shootout with the the Bills on Monday night. So we that that's a this is a perfect spot for, you know, the Chiefs to kind of get their guys going again, where we can have a big Tyree Kill week, get a big Travis Kelsey week, you know, maybe on the other side we get like Julio Jones, AJ Brown going. And I'm actually making the splits, or no, we're, we're putting Cooper Cup in tier A. I was about to say, you know, we're making the, the split decision to put him in tier S. But Cooper Cup in the A tier as my wide receiver three, and they're going to kill the Lions, right? So they're playing at home against Detroit, the Los Angeles Rams, and they're like minus 15 point favorites, which is good because that means that they're implied to score a lot of points, the Rams. But the game script, they're going to get up, right? They might be like up 30 to 3 at halftime, and then all of a sudden they're just going to be relying on Darrell Henderson. So the idea is is that Cooper Cup gets his before it gets ugly. I think that we could see, you know, Cooper Cup get, you know, it's kind of wild to say, but I was going to say like 100 yards and a touchdown before it gets too ugly. But we're, we, like he'll probably have, you know, his like seven catches, eight catches for like maybe 100 yards maybe a touchdown he's just he's just been a very solid play so far he's gonna make big plays he's going to probably be playing primarily out of the slot against Detroit they don't have corners regardless but I think that that's going to be a spot that Stafford will be picking apart I also think that Stafford like they might just you know 
McVay is one of those guys that'll let his guys eat, especially, you know, he let Gurley get the that one record. I can't remember what it was, but he like he let Gurley get this one record. He might let he might let Stafford just beat up on his old team here and you know throw for like three, four touchdowns and like three hundred yards. So I would just want anybody in this passing game. Then we have DJ Moore as our wide receiver four at the New York Giants. Nothing too crazy, right, in terms of like a matchup, but he had a quieter week last week. He still saw 35% of the targets. I think he's going to be due for a bounce back here. He hasn't really had a great week in like maybe two weeks here. And he's just been a guy that's solid. He gets the volume now. There is some concern here because Matt Rule was saying, you know, they might take their put off their foot off the gas pedal a little bit when it comes to the passing volume because he's kind of sad with what Sam Donald did. He threw Sam Donald under the bus like uh, during media. Just such a weird look for your head coach to do. He was saying, you know, the offense let him down. The defense was playing great, whatever, whatever. But the thing is, is that I'm not sure that you can just rely on Chuba Hubbard. Now, I said in the running back video, I like Chuba Hubbard this week because he said that he wanted to lean on Chuba Hubbard. But in the event that, you know, this turns into a negative game script, the Giants actually get up. Like I have said this this season, but Daniel Jones has actually looked really good outside of last week. Last week, he looked rough, but give him a break. It was against Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. His receivers were hurt. I mean, not all of them. I think that Sterling Shepard was still healthy. But he was dealing with the concussion, whatever. So, DJ Moore, fine play. My wide receiver four for this week. That does that does feel kind of high. But at the same time, there's really not, not a lot of great options to pick from this week with all the buys going on. At wide receiver five, we have DeAndre Hopkins. And the simple fact of the matter is that DeAndre Hopkins has a, a decent floor in this offense because he continues to get there, right? He continues to get these 20 point games on low volume. Now I was talking about him as a sell cannon. And I still do believe that because the volume isn't there, but I do like this week because I don't buy into these that much, but he's playing at home against Houston. And that's kind of has like a little revenge game going on. I know, I know that he doesn't love Houston, you know, kind of, they kind of did him dirty. I wouldn't even say did him dirty. They kind of saved him by trading him away. But at the same time, I don't imagine that he has a lot of, you know, fond memories with the Houston Texans. So I think he might come back there. Or I guess they're coming to his place. But I still think that he's probably going to give the Texans a tough time. They have a bad secondary anyways. Then we have Calvin Ridley as the last wide receiver in this tier. I think that this could be a get right game for Calvin Ridley. He's kind of had a quiet or he's definitely had a quiet season to this point but Miami is giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers we could easily see this be I think that I think that this Miami Falcons game has like quiet suit like low-key shootout potential where there could be a lot of points I think that this just feels like one of those games that could be weird like Falcons Dolphins feels like a London game you know what I mean I know that they just played London back-to-back but like Falcons Dolphins I could see a defensive touchdown in this game I could see like 30 points on one side. So I do like Calvin Ridley. I have been talking about Xavier Howard and Byron Jones a lot this year, but they're actually having, they have, they both have career lows in PFF coverage grade. They haven't looked amazing. So I like Calvin Ridley this week, as you know, a top six wide receiver play. The volume has been there. Matt Ryan's actually looked really good these last two weeks before his buy. So I, I don't hate Calvin Ridley in this A tier, but then we're going to move down to the B tier. Wide receiver seven is going to be Debo Samuel. And Debo has been a dog this season. He has been up there with like Cooper Cup as one of these like revelations this season. And I like Debo 
as you know a guy where they have elijah mitchell so they're going to be using debo samuel as a running back out of the backfield they're just going to give they're going to make sure that they manufacture touches for debo put the ball in their playmakers hands especially with kittle i believe still on ir at this point so until we see Ayuk more involved debo is kind of the 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 offense kind of lives and breathes through debo now the matchup isn't anything too crazy but they are giving up the colts are giving up ninth the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers so it is a pretty juicy matchup for Debo Samuel. Then we have Jamar Chase in Baltimore. Not a crazy good matchup, but at this point in time, Jamar Chase is a must start. He every single week is a threat to score a touchdown, you know, go deep. He is like a top five deep threat at this point. He's up there with like Marquise Brown and even guys like, you know, Tyree Kill in terms of just, you know, getting downfield, like maybe even like Tyler Lockett. He he can just get downfield. Burrow connects with him, you know, 40 yards downfield. And it's beautiful every time. Jamar Chase also has the ability to just take it to the house. Also, shout out to Jamar Chase. This is a side note, but that Joe Mixon touchdown run. Was it a Joe Mixon touchdown run? I can't remember. I believe it was. It was a Joe Mixon touchdown run. And Jamar Chase got out on the on the sideline and absolutely, I wouldn't call it a pancake, but the, the blocking downfield was amazing from him. I love to see that. He's also playing again. He's playing in Baltimore and that could be a game where they could kind of lose grips of it. Like after, you know, Baltimore really, I mean, they absolutely schmeeded the the Chargers last week. So we could see a spot where, you know, they get up early. And the problem with the Bengals has been this entire season. They have all this talent. Jamar Chase has been great. You know, they've all been extremely efficient. But for whatever reason, Zach Taylor last year, he had like the highest, you know, pace, passing over expectation, you know, pass to run ratio, all that good stuff. And we were expecting him to just to light it up this year. Joe Burrow in year two, you opt instead of going for the offensive lineman for your run game and for your pass protection, you go for a playmaking wide receiver instead of, you know, playing to your strengths and airing it out and throwing the ball over expectations, you know, kind of like a Bills or a Chiefs where they throw the ball a ton. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is the caliber of a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, but when you invest in your passing game like they have, it would make sense. Like you would win, you would win. I know that they're actually winning a lot of games here. But it, it would be advantageous to do that. Now, like I said, if they get down early, maybe we get a game script where they do throw the ball a ton, and then that's a huge upgrade for Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, all of those guys. Then going to our wide receiver nine, we have Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin hasn't really been a great play these last couple of weeks. Taylor Heineke hasn't looked great. Terry McLaurin, I want to say, is dealing with an injury, but I actually like him in this spot as long as he's healthy. I like him in this spot. They're going to be in Green Bay. It's going to be a negative game script. They're minus eight and a half point underdogs at this point. And the Green Bay Packers have no Jair Alexander. And that secondary isn't that strong without him, right? So I think that Terry McLaurin, I think that he's probably, he's pretty much due at this point. And I think that he is just a solid, you know, back end wide receiver one this week. Then somebody that I think that you could even put over Terry, you could even, if you put him at the top of this tier, I wouldn't even argue with you. And it's AJ Brown. I truly do believe that AJ Brown is in play here. For a monstrous week, like an eruption, 20 plus fantasy points. This is, again, the highest over-under of the slate. It's like 57 and a half. This Titans versus Chiefs game, this is the game that you want to be a part of. Now, again, it can let these these lines are lines for a reason. They're not set in stone. But from what we know from the projections, this is a game that we want to target during such an ugly, ugly slate of games. This is a game where or the Chiefs have been allowing a lot of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, which means that there's going to be a lot of passing yards. As long as you know, it, I doubt the game script gets in a spot, unless if like they get up early, I doubt the game script gets in a spot where they're going to be, like Derrick Henry's going to get his, but I doubt it's going to be a spot where they don't throw the ball. I, I expect, I think that, I think we're going to see here very soon, the Chiefs, 
start to dominate teams, score early, not make stupid mistakes. And if the Titans see themselves down 14-0, down, 20, down 21-0, this could be a game where they, they're fighting to come back. It's garbage time all of a sudden. Or not garbage time, but then it's all of a sudden, you know, they're down two to three scores. They kind of cover ground. And then all of a sudden it's like 30 to 30. 30-ish to 30-ish in like the back half of the game. Then we have tier C. And this tier is literally reserved for Buccaneers wide receivers. We're going to put all the Buccaneers wide receivers here from wide receiver 11 through 13. They're all fine plays. They're all fringe wide receiver one plays. In a week like this where the wide receivers are so insanely ugly, I'm cool with having them all back-to-back all in this tier this tier of their own i think they're right they're i don't think all of them are any of them are as elite options as the b tier but i think they are all much better options than d tier and they're all fine wide receiver two plays they're playing at home against chicago they're heavy favorites here i want to say 12 and a half point favorites so there's going to be a lot of points i think that i have heard rumors that brady kind of wants to match what peyton manning or maybe even exceed what peyton manning did in man i'm really dating myself here we're not dating. I'm fucking. I'm 20. I'm not a boomer. But was it 2013 when Peyton Manning uh, went crazy through like 50 touchdowns for the Broncos? People are saying that he maybe they kind of want to do that. I think that they're also a kind of team where even if they get up big, they could still you know throw the ball, do their thing. And I like all the wide receivers this week. I, I'm not really too scared of any of the Chicago secondary. I think that this is going to be a game where. Tampa Bay is just going to kind of have their way on offense. I, I imagine two out of the three of these wide receivers will finish as fine top 24 options. Then in tier D, we have Marquise Brown. The Ravens are at home against Cincinnati. And this is a, a projected good matchup for Marquise Brown against the Cincinnati DBs on PFF. None of them are that great. And last week was kind of a down week for the Ravens passing offense. You know, they saw low in pass attempts, but that was because they just absolutely routed the Chargers. Now, I don't think that we're going to see that too often now they could just absolutely kill the Bengals here they could just absolutely steamroll them but unless they get up like two three scores i don't see a world where they need to rely on the run game when they're literally i think latavius murray might be hurt so they're going to be rolling out Devonte freeman Le'Veon bell and then probably tyson williams so i could see them you know reverting back to the past with Rashawn bateman marquise brown marquise brown is good to you know catch a long touchdown in any game so i don't mind him as a you know why did you were 14 is pretty high here then we have DK Metcalf at wide receiver 15, and he is at home against New Orleans. And it's so hard for me to gauge what to do with these Seahawks wide receivers because we have Geno Smith. He actually didn't look terrible against the Steelers. Like he looked, he looked pretty bad, but he didn't look terrible. He kind of held his own. I want to say that game went. I believe that game did go into overtime. I mean, he hasn't looked bad, but it's just it's tough to know what to expect now the saints actually line up beautifully for dk metcalf and tyler lockett because they're a, a pass funnel defense right because their their run game is so good or their run defense is so good they force teams to pass the ball and especially when you have alex collins they're going to be passing the ball a bunch it's just a matter of the, i think the volume will get there the problem is it's a low it's a low volume offense in general they, they're like 32nd in pace the the hype that i had for shane waldron coming out hasn't been there uh, that this offense was pretty much carried by Russell Wilson's efficiency. They're not seeing a lot of passing volume, not seeing a lot of, you know, their pace is slow, but this could be a game where they, they're forced to pass more. Maybe they get down to the saints pretty bad, like two, three scores. And then they, you know, got to pick up the pace, pass more. So there is, you know, there is a path there. And I guess on talent alone, DK Metcalf is a, a top 15 play. Then at wide receiver 16, we have Cortland Sutton and Sutton is playing 
in Cleveland on the Thursday game. So I think that by the time this video comes out, this game will already be played. So we'll kind of see if this take here is even anything good. But with Judy gone, I still think that Sutton is pretty much a mid-range wide receiver two every single week. The Browns have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. I, I, I like Sutton. He he erupted last week against the Raiders. He is a, a solid quarter. He's a solid wide receiver. If he had a solid quarterback to go with him, he was gone on a go route, got overthrown by Teddy Bridgewater. If he had a quarterback, he would be so good. But I still like him as like wide receiver 16. Wide receiver 17, we have Robert Woods. <clears throat> at, again, at home against Detroit. Like I said earlier, there is that that possibility that, you know, like McVay just kind of lets Stafford go crazy and, you know, throw for 304 touchdowns. But regardless of the soft matchup, all of these Rams wide receivers have great matchups, again, uh, according to PFF, against these opposing corners. So hopefully you're pretty much hoping that he gets his before it gets ugly and, you know, the game's out of reach and they're kind of salting things away with, you know, Darrell Henderson. This could even it could even get so ugly that they like put in the backup over Matthew Stafford for like the last like eight to 10 minutes of the game. So we'll see what happens there. But I still like him as, you know, a, a, a solid, you know, firm wide receiver too. Then we have Brandon Cooks at the end of this tier. And he's going to be in Arizona. And I want to say that this game is another one of those. I think that they're like 17 and a half point underdogs, 15 point underdogs, something crazy like that. And Brandon Cooks has been seeing the volume, even though it's like it's bad volume from Davis Mills. He's been seeing like a 30% target share. I think he saw a 30% target share two of the last three weeks. If he sees that, that time the target share, he has to be in the wide receiver two conversation. Then we have our last tier here. And starting it off is going to be Devonta Smith in Las Vegas. And I'm still, I'm still pretty high. Like I wasn't high on him coming out, but Devonta Smith, I'm pretty high on in terms of like seasonal, right? Because he's been seeing a lot of targets. He's still, you know, around like, 20 to I want to say like 21 to like 24 percent target share as a rookie that's really good I could climb as the season goes on and there's not really another wide receiver there that is challenging him for targets right now he's he's head and shoulders above Quez Watkins ahead of Jalen Rager now that Zach Ertz is gone that opens up more targets for him and it's going to open up more targets for Goddard but also for Smith at this point as well and the Raiders aren't anything super crazy on defense so Corlin Sutton absolutely diced him up last week this is a team that passes the ball a lot the Eagles especially when they get down so I like Devonta Smith as a nice, you know, wide receiver two this week. Then we have T. Higgins. And this is, you know, you're pretty much hoping for. T. Higgins has been pretty efficient on the touches that he's get, gotten. You know, he's kind of covered around like 50 yards and a touchdown. I think that he will see something like that. Then you also do have that that kind of, you know, trap door value where if the game, you know, turns, it gets out of reach with the Ravens, then the, the Bengals kind of turn up the passing volume. And then that's where we get, you know, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase kind of exploding the problem is i don't know if these i don't know if the 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 ravens and the Bengals will play fast enough to kind of generate a shootout like that but it's in the range of outcomes then we have tyler lockett again no clue what to expect from gino i don't know it's just it's hard to read with these seahawks wide receivers until we get a couple more games of data from gino smith but again the saints are a pass funnel i expect them to pass a good amount in this game hopefully lockett can catch you know a stray ball then we have Jalen Waddle at home against Atlanta. He saw a 29% target share last year. Last week, he sits at a 22% target share on the season. And 
his target share was wasn't really valuable early on in the season right or not early but these last like four weeks where he's playing with Jacoby Brissett because his eight out was hovering around like three yards right so he was just you know this bubble screen guy kind of getting gadgety type work with Tua Tua is ready to go this week with Tua he's seen a you know like a nine eight out like a nine yards a nine yard average depth of target which is farther downfield the targets are more valuable the targets are more valuable and the targets aren't coming down right so if he it's easier to get targeted in the shallow parts of the field so if he's you know getting open deeper down the field you'd expect less targets but the target share is kind of maintained at this point and a lot of these dolphins wide receivers are banged up you have Devontae parker on the injury report will fuller isn't playing preston williams on the injury report so there's a lot to be excited about with Jalen Waddle, I think he's finally like a back-end wide receiver too, especially this week when there's really not a lot to pick from. Then we have Michael Pittman at San Francisco. He's looked really good. He had a down week last year, but I think that the target share on the season still looks great. And he's he has wide receivers. Like last week, he saw the most competition he's ever seen. He had Campbell, Pascal, Hilton. Now we have Campbell on IR. So that's one wide receiver down. And then we have T.Y. Hilton, who is a firm maybe for this week. So San Francisco is not really a great matchup. It's it's kind of a neutral matchup. But Michael Pittman is a, you know, a pretty good play given the context of, you know, I sound like a DFS bro, but given the context of the slate, he's a pretty good, a pretty good play. Then our last wide receiver here is Julio Jones. Pretty much you're praying for him to be healthy. If he is like full 100% healthy, you could put him at like the top end of, of tier E. Again, highest over under of the slate, Kansas City Chiefs versus Titans. You're hoping for a shootout. You're hoping that Julio Jones kinds of, one of these two Titans wide receivers gives you a really good week, which I think that they will. But that is our top 24, our tiers S through E. Now, let me let me get this back close and personal here. Thirsty, thirsty. Did not mean to do that. Now, with that being said, that's going to do it for us today, fellas. It is 12.33 a.m. I'm going to get some sleep. I'm going to relax. I got to get the thumbnails together. I got to, you know, do some editing stuff on the back, on the back end, but I appreciate you making it this far in the video. Make sure you subscribe, leave a like again. Let me know if you liked this video. If you didn't, that's completely chill. We'll go back to the start sit video that we did the first six weeks, but just wanted to switch things up, especially with this weird slate. I didn't really want to do, you know, my top five, like everybody, of course you're starting everybody, but that's going to do it as always. I will see you guys in the next one.